Hey, uh, welcome to Book World of Great Escape. I'm author CJ Peterson. This is my co-host over here, author Michael Scott Clifton. Uh, today we're going to be talking about how to handle a critique and a review. Uh, before we get there, Mike, how was your week? It was a it was a good one, kind of tiring. Uh, we had our first Comic Con of the year. Actually, it was Anime Con, which was Saturday and this past Saturday and Sunday in Little Rock, and uh, it rained on us all the way down there. Oh. rained on and off the whole time we were there. And then it rained most of the way back home on Sunday. But still had a pretty good turnout. Uh, VXV Events is the one that does the uh, this particular Comic-Con. They do a really good job. And uh, anyway, we sold a bunch of books and got to meet some new fans. And for authors who have a number of books published, like 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 you and I, CJ, I actually ran into some fans who had read books, uh, had books, got books from me or ordered them online or got them from a bookstore and uh, came by and told told me how much they enjoyed the stories. Nice. And of course, that's always, that's something you can't really put a monetary value on. It always leaves you with that warm and fuzzy feeling. So Mm -hmm. all in all, it was a, it was a good, it was a good experience. Good week so far. Awesome. You have some, anything coming up this weekend? Uh, no, the, uh, the next event I have is really not until, well, you know how we, as, as authors, we may be, uh, be doing some local events like Dalton Days and Longview, uh, Longview Art Walk and some others. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, most of the Comic Cons that we have so far, and if you're, you know, if you go to these, you know, you have to schedule them way in advance are generally this summer and, and next fall. So uh, really the one we went to this in last weekend is kind of a early one for us. So, mm-hmm. and so there's, like I said, looking forward to some local events that will be occurring over the next several months, but don't really have any big ones scheduled for a while. Fun. Well, this weekend I helped run Brazoria Comic-Con. Um, for anybody that was there, is that streak running across the floor? Um, that was me. I actually calculated my steps this time on Saturday. I had over 13,900 just you. Saturday alone. No, not good for me. I was ready to pass out. Um, funny thing I learned is that when my watch hits 10,000, it actually dings and gives me a trophy for all of five seconds before it disappears. Never knew that till this weekend. So that that's a fun fact I learned. Um, but no, it was fun. Usually is. And then, so again, as you were saying, had the rain on the way down, the rain there on Saturday, off and on. Not actually, not really as much on Saturday, but Friday night were storms and kind of flooded a little bit. Saturday wasn't too bad, actually. It wasn't any rain during the day itself. It might have been some in the morning, but that was it. And then Sunday, we were pretty good. And then just a long drive home. It takes us about eight hours to get down to Lake Jackson and back. Well, Eight hours one way. So it was 16 hours in the car. Wow. Yeah. Um, Our next one is going to be March 8th, 9th, and 10th. And that's Comic Conroe in Conroe, Texas. So looking forward to that one. I've actually been able to run all four of those. This is the fourth one. So pretty excited to see what this year is bringing us. We have a meeting tonight. So we'll see. Uh, In the meantime, uh, as you said, we have how to handle a critique and a review. So it's kind of nice that you kind of use that little segue because you mentioned some people had stopped by 
to talk to you about your books. So question is, how do you handle it? Yeah, you get the warm and the fuzzies, but you don't want to be kind of egotistical about it. Yeah, I know. It was great, wasn't it? That's just not a way to handle it. Right, right. Um, well, you know, if you're an author, you do have to have a thick skin because you don't always get good reviews and you don't always get good critiques either. <clears throat> and um, and we've both been on, you know, the, the we've both been on those uh, polar opposite ends where you, you know, you received a scathing critique and then on the other end, where everything is, you know, just loved your 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 book, your story, everything is awesome and good. And uh, <clears throat> and if you've been doing, if you're in this business for a while, you're definitely going to get uh, the range of of the emotions you receive from uh, the range of types of critiques and reviews that you get, because they're not always going to be great, and they're not always going to be bad either. And sometimes they fall somewhere in the middle. And uh, no, there are trolls too. Just kind of keep a heads up. Yeah. But they try to irritate you and get right. you to respond. So you need to know the difference between them. I, I think generally, if you're getting a one or two, like if if you use five stars as the standard for review, five being the best, one star being the worst, uh, and you're you're, you have multiple books published and you've been doing this for a while. Yeah, you're going to get you're going to get trolls. Those one and two star reviews, I suspect um, a majority of them, if not most, probably do come from trolls. A lot of times, uh, particularly if they're doing it on Amazon or Goodreads, uh, their comment, if they have any, may be one sentence or less long or they may not even leave a comment. And, uh, and those, or I've gotten one where it's like one or two stars and just I haven't read the book. And I'm like, why did you rate it then? <laughs> yes. I have gotten those. Right. Right. You know, and it's, it's, you know, that's just the name of the game. It's part of, of what you have to, uh, expect if you're going to be an author and write, you know, multiple books. And if you're in it for the wrong, long run, it's just going to happen. And, um, uh, and like you were saying, CJ, you know, you know, you're on top of the world when you when when you get those five star reviews or someone comes by at a book event that you're at and, and they say, hey, I just loved your book. You know, just awesome. It's you know, you're the best author since Stephen King. You're the best off author since uh, John Grisham or, uh, you know, Agatha Christie or something like that. And uh, and, you, you know, enjoy those moments, because trust me. Trust me, there will be a time where you will have the other end show up, you know, and uh, and you got to be able to take the good with the bad. I know what I do a lot of times is when I first started, I grabbed like two or three reviews that really touched my heart for those days where I try to figure out why am I still writing? You know, those those are the ones that make you feel good and be like, OK, this is why I'm writing. This is who I'm writing for. Those are the ones that you focus on. There are going to be some where one of them gave me a two-star review because there was too much Bible in a Christian fiction book. Mm. Um, I let it stand, and I had somebody pop up later that said, great, thank you. Now I'm actually going to buy the book for that reason. And a lot of times it's not even 
just on like Amazon or Goodreads or whatever, sometimes they try to do it to you on Twitter. And quite yeah. honestly, yeah. I ignore them and I let my people handle them because they do really, really well at it. <laughs> so if it's not very nice, I just hands off and let them handle it because A, I'm not going to feed into it. They're just looking for attention. And B, I know that my people, my tribe are going to take care of them. So I'm, I'm just going to leave it to them. If you do a major book promo, um, mm -hmm. you're going to get, uh, no matter how, you could have the, the best written book in the world, you could have the worst, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, you get the most interesting story and the most boring. But when you do a major book promo, you're going to get uh, the occasional, you know, Debbie Downers, the ones that don't like anything that you've written. Some time, a lot of times it don't even make sense what they're saying. Mm -hmm. And often they don't even leave any kind of a written review, which to me piques me more than than the review itself. Because if I get a a, a poor review, I'd like to know why mm -hmm. uh, instead of just leaving a one or two star review. And uh, you know because that's kind of the that's and then that brings brings back to kind of the purpose of. The, the, the topic that we're discussing today about how to handle a critique. Well, handling the critique means that you learn from them as well, because once you've been doing this for a while, again, uh, and you touched on that CG about the trolls and things like that, you, you recognize uh, what are the genuine critiques, the genuine reviews, and which ones are just those that, you know, they just do, they just troll and they just, you know, they throw mud on everything. Mm -hmm. But you can use a critique. It's very valuable because maybe there's something about your writing that you're too close to and you don't see it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and you want someone to point that out or you should want someone to point that out. Yeah, I actually have a perfect example of that. Um, one of the ones... And again, there's a difference between constructive and destructive. And we'll get into that more next week when we talk about how to give a review and a critique. Um, but when it comes to that particular thing, um, I had gotten one and I kind of still look through them, even if they're not very good, just to see if there is something in there that I could pull from it. And one of them had said, it was like my third book, I think. They said, not everybody could say that they could talk to. And I said, you know, they're right. So the next book, person didn't get saved and they ended up dying. <laughs> but it brought up a really good point. Yeah. And because of that, I think it adds a little bit more realism to the books themselves because not everybody does. Not everybody believes it. Not everybody takes it to heart. And that allowed me to see something that, again, I was maybe a little too close to and yeah. was like, oh, you know what? That's a really good point. So you can find them, even in the destructive ones, you can still find something. You know, sometimes they're just they're just mean. And right. you just got gutted. And honestly, those you're gonna have to just set aside because they are meant to be destructive and not constructive. If you can find something at it, then okay, great. I learned from this one and I'm gonna move forward. Again, you have to have a thick skin and you have to be willing to keep an open mind on others' perceptions of your writing, which kind of brings us to what is the difference between a critique and a review? And a review is something that uh, that you get either uh, from a online publication uh, 
And it could be Kirkus, it could be Feathered Quill, it could be Amazon, it could be Goodreads, it could be uh, any Barnes and Noble. Yes, Barnes and Noble. It could be, you know, any pretty much any online uh, organization where reviews are posted. Whereas a critique, uh, at least in the sense that that, for example, that I use it, is a critique can be uh, partners fellow writers, people that you uh, that you uh, submit, you know, samples of your writing chapters. A lot of uh, a lot of authors uh, have a favorite author friend of theirs, and they sort of critique each other's work. And they it's try almost like a, pre a peer review, like you would right. find in a lot of um, science type stuff or English. And trust comes in there because you trust mm -hmm. these are people you know and they know you, mm -hmm. and and so uh, and and that's too very important. It's very important, you know. Just because you know them doesn't mean that. And we'll, we'll talk about this more as you said next week about giving a review. But when your cr critique partner or partners, I belong actually to a group that has seven different people involved in it. So there's like seven or eight of us um, that critique each other's work, but you know you have to trust your critique partner or partners when they give you an honest review. If if you I'm trying to see how I put this, if you browbeat them, if you make it maybe you're sending out subtle signals, you know, during the course because it maybe you've been doing you have, so you have to have a certain level of respect for them, right? And right. for their work, because if they write crap and they're telling you that you're writing crap, then the respect is not there. But if you have somebody who they you know that their stuff is good, um, for example, my editor actually I have a copy and a content. The content one is is an author, and I read her books. I love her books, and she's great. What she does is she's going through it though is kind of a critique while she's doing the editing. She'll put stuff like, "I don't know why you do this every time." <laughs> you know, stuff like that but i respect her and i'm like you know what i would rather you took the red pen through it than a reader take it through it so, and so you're, you're giving an example of of professional a professional critique or editing mm -hmm. if you want to use that uh that a lot of authors do use well she's more than just an editor though because she does do that she kind of puts that over the critique line Right. why i mentioned it but yeah there are professional ones yeah she she will sit there and she'll tell me really this doesn't happen or you got this part wrong try again or um, you can actually probably cut this part out and if you're paying them if a lot a lot of people get uh, you know a lot of authors of course there's what content editing there's just straight copy there's editing, developmental there's, there's yeah there's uh there's a lot of different editors out there when and so you know if you're paying them obviously you you should you should be able to trust what they come back and tell you and uh and you need to be in a in a author's you know we've all met we 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 have been doing this long enough cj we've we've met a lot of different authors that write a lot in a lot a lot of different genres the best ones in terms of what i have seen i don't know about you are those that can take constructive criticism mm -hmm. and produce a better product because of it. 
Now, here's the thing. Us as authors, we're artists. We just draw our art is with words. But it's still the same amount of anxiety that an artist has. We yes. kind of have got our little baby and we're like, please, world, don't squish it. Please don't rip my heart out and squish it and make it a mess. It's, it's, I'm, I'm trying to present this to you. And we're as anxious as the next person. And we're terrified that somebody's going to hate it. Um, but when you've been at it for a while, it's kind of like my theory almost comes up of that it wasn't meant for you. Now, again, I will look at them and say, okay, what can I learn? But I've been at it for a while. I have 19 books, 19 novels out. So when you reach that point, it's a little bit different than if it's your first or your second or even your fifth. You still have that high anxiety of, especially if you're putting something out different. Like I'm a multi-genre. So when I go to put out something from like a completely different genre than I'm used to, and used to putting out, I'm always just like, mm, oh, yeah. please don't, yeah. please don't hurt it. Well, the I think, you know, the obviously critiques and reviews are essential for mm -hmm. any successful author. Reviews, uh, although you'll, again, you can have, you can get professional reviews. The best ones come from your normal average everyday readers, mm -hmm. and they are invaluable in giving feedback not just so you feel good when you get a, a, a good review and, and, you know, get that tingly feeling all over you, but also the feedback that, you know, if you're doing things right and sometimes when you're doing things wrong. Whereas with a critique, again, that's more of a, I think that's more uh, of a professional, it's like you're either paying mm -hmm. someone to do editing. For, or like a better reader better or reader, somebody right. who's had an art. Right advanced reader copy so there are there are different levels of getting critiques and stuff it just depends on what you're looking for and what you trust like i don't trust beta readers i don't trust critique groups but that's me you do you find the benefit of it a little bit more than i do with just my editors so it just depends on what you're comfortable there's no set formula for it there's no, no you have to send it to this or you have to put it through that 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 doesn't exist one, one thing I've found in, in, in the critique group that I belong to, particularly those, if you're in a critique group where you have multiple personalities, multiple mm -hmm. people that are involved in it, uh, everybody comes to writing, to critiquing at a different angle. Nobody is exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think is, uh, that's the value in having someone who can look at your work with an unjaundiced eye and maybe see an angle or see something that you simply don't see because as an author, you're blind to it. I mean, how many times have we uh, wrote something out, got it typed up? We've gone over it a hundred times. We've read it dozens of times and we left a word out mm -hmm. because our mind is substituting the word because it flows in our mind, but we don't see it or we don't see an obvious discrepancy in the plot. And uh, you have, or we don't we don't catch our own little idiosyncrasies yeah. like that using that over too much or just or actually a lot of times they can catch those for us repeating the same words repeating the same phrase passive writing you know had thing. been has been yeah. or are being you know there are ways to catch that and one of them is through critique groups one of them is through reviews because 
undoubtedly everybody has some sort of issue about writing whatever it may be for example my english teacher hated it when people put the word a lot together she says that doesn't exist she goes i will ding you every time honestly from that point forward i remembered that and i keep splitting a and lot for that very reason and a lot of times they can catch that stuff again that my editor caught the word that so i do the entire thing and then i click search and i put the little that in there and if i can read through the sentence and pull the word that out i do but now i see it in everybody else's writing i need you to speak to the, our critique group cj because i've been saying that about that for a long time and it's, it's painful and deaf ears <laughs> no don't offend anyone my critique group but yeah <laughs> i know it. yeah so but that's a perfect example of again uh, the different angles that people come from in the way that they write or they view your writing. And mm -hmm. that's the point, isn't it, of a critique is that very thing is they're looking at it from a different point of view and it either makes sense to them or it doesn't. And uh, and you have to have thick skin again. You need take the constructive criticism that you receive either from readers' reviews or from uh, people that you feel that you're part of a critique group with and, and use it to make your writing better. Don't get your feelings hurt. Yeah, there's, um, I can think of one, this one time, there was an author and I took his book and I had to do a lot of editing for it. And I sent it and called him at the exact same time because I knew if I called him, he wouldn't get that email until I was on the phone with him. And I told him, I said, look, there's going to be a lot of red, but you need it. And it's there for a reason. And it lets, let me help me help you by showing you where your little idiosyncrasies, where you pick a blizzard, however you want to word it, find them. And then you can weed them out yourself after a while. Um, that's one great way to do it. And he appreciated it and he rewrote it. And he did it much better. So if you can find somebody that you trust to go through that and to give you a critique, a lot of times, you know what I'll do, and I'll explain this again next week, the compliment sandwich. <laughs> and so we'll talk more about that one next week, but that's one good way to do it. But the reviews themselves, especially online, they are invaluable because nine out of 10 times they are an actual reader. And they will tell you, if you go through, if it's extremely harsh, go to the reviews and see if they're harsh with everybody or see if it's just this particular book. Because it may just be this particular book that they do not like. And that's okay. That's the thing. There's a radio station out there for everybody, but not everybody likes every single radio station. That's okay. And that's something you're going to have to accept. But consider the source is good. And look for those nuggets to improve yourself for the next book. If you want reviews, uh, if, if reviews are to mean anything other than either a feel-good feeling or not, then uh, a writer needs to be able to look at those. And um, I don't know if you necessarily need to adjust your writing accordingly, but it is a sign. You know, uh, either you're doing the right thing or there's... You know, there's some things that need to be changed because we're none of us perfect. And we're all if you're if you've been writing for a while, if you're just starting out, 
your journey as an author is always going to be changing. The lanes will go left, they may go right, and hopefully your trajectory is forward and you become a better author, a better writer, and your books are better because of it. And critiques and reviews are a very important means by that to happen, for that to happen. But challenge yourself. See if there's something that you can physically do in there to figure your next book. Say, okay, I'm going to read through these. What can I change for the next one? Or what can I change in my future in writing? Use them. Don't just toss yeah. them to the side because you don't like them or they hurt your feelings. And <laughs> honestly, save some for those times where you're writing and you, you feel low because we hit those points. And you're like, I don't have time for this. Why am I doing this? You're doing it for that particular reader or that particular set of readers because they do like what you're writing and they do like your style, even if it's different than somebody else's. They like what you're doing because you're reaching them and that's why you're writing. And so that's a lot of times what I'll do with some of them. And don't let the, don't let the lack of reviews, if you're a new author, if you're just starting out, don't let the lack of reviews discourage you. They come with time. Uh, and they come as you mature as an author, you publish more books and you're, you know, you're writing, you're, you're, you know, the, the books you write become well-known and you have, and you grow readership. Uh, and so just don't let the lack of, of reviews, you know, set you back because nobody starts out, you know, being a best-selling author, at least most people don't. I haven't been fortunate for that to happen. Uh, and I don't know uh, many people that do. So, you know, let uh, the reviews will come. And, and I'm going to say this again because it's so important. As, as an author and a writer, if you don't have a thick skin, you probably aren't going to be very successful because if you get your feelings hurt easily, uh, probably writing and, and writing books, being an author is not probably not in the cards for you, your cup of tea, because you are going to get your you are going to be raked over the coals from time to time. In some cases, like you were saying, CJ with trolls, unfairly so. Mm -hmm. Well, and here's the other thing is that, you know what, kind of do a mind game on yourself for the first few books. If there's a negative review, it's going to hurt. It's going to sting. It stings me. It still stings me. That, that's a thing. It hurts. Um, if we weren't sensitive, we wouldn't be able to write what we write. Because we write about other people. We write about what they're feeling, what they're doing, what they're seeing, what they're, you know, smelling, all the different senses. We wouldn't be able to do that if we were not sensitive beings to begin with. So you may have to play a little bit of a mind game on yourself for the first ones because they're going to hurt. They might even make you cry. That's okay. Ignore it though. <laughs> Set it aside till you're calmed down and then go back, look at it and say, can I learn anything from this? If it's just plain mean, then leave it aside. If there's something you can learn from it, then take it from there and use it for the next one. That's a good way to handle it. We can be thick-skinned, but we're also sensitive beings as an artist and as a creative anyway. So that's not something to be ashamed of. That's not something to completely disregard. As a matter of fact, don't disregard it because that makes you who you are in your style of writing. Just set it aside until you can go back and look at it objectively. And you have to look at it objectively. If you have to tell yourself, I'm reading this for my friend to find out what they can learn, then do so for the first few several 
whatever it takes till you are like, okay, I can read this and I can understand it and I can find what I need to change. There's always something we can change. An example is I take a speech class at school. I even take an English comp class, which I could probably do with my eyes closed. But there's always something I can learn. And I try to find that one thing or two things that I can learn from this class. It's a required class, but I can still learn from this. And I can take that and I can use it to make me a better person or a better writer, a better speaker, a better whatever it is. Take it, find it, use it. Look for the nugget. You may have to look underneath a lot of crud to find it, but you'll find it. And take it to heart and use it for next time. What was Thomas Edison? How many times did he fail before he successfully invented the light filament? Thousands. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so there's something to be said for for soldiering on and, you know, continuing in doing the things that you like to do and writing and being an author is one of those. And uh, and you will be getting reviews and you will be getting crit- and hopefully You'll be part of critiques as well, either giving or receiving them. And mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's part of your author journey. And uh, how you handle that had, will probably have a lot to, to do with how successful you are in getting your books published and, and people buying them. Failure is just a way to begin again a little bit with a little bit more knowledge and a, a little bit more underneath your belt, a little bit more experience. But it's not necessarily a failure. It's just a learning experience. And that's the way you got to look at stuff. It's not necessarily success or failure. It's what do I learn? And take those and go forward. Uh, Next week, we're going to be talking about how to give a critique and a review because we've talked about the negative side effects of a really bad one. But how can we give one when there are some things that may need to be adjusted? We'll find out next week um, for Valentine's Day as we're learning how to give love to authors and to share the love. Catch you guys next week. Bye.